0: Alright guys, you gotta give me a minute <laughs> so I can figure out the best way to make a blanket fort in my fucking living room. <laughs>
1: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast too beautiful to live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm Bobby Pape and joining me for this very special Friday edition of Little Red Bandwagon in Austin, Texas, but not for much longer, according to the house stagers, Mike Frizzell. Good afternoon, Mike. Hello, Bobby. And for this Friday episode of the show, where we're going to take a few minutes to talk to a TBTL10 and then play a clip that she's brought us, we'll be talking with all the way in Wiesbaden, Germany, Elizabeth Schavetta. Good evening, Elizabeth.
0: Good evening.
1: It's about 730 there. This is another one where we're stretching a lot of distance and a lot of time zones. Can you correct my pronunciation of both where you are and your name for me?
0: Oh, Wiesbaden was correct. And my last name is indeed Shavetta.
1: Shavetta. That's the way I grew up saying it. So I just wanted to make sure it's right. This was a topic of conversation when we were talking about having you on the show. Because people who aren't from Western New York have no idea how to pronounce Shavetta. But uh, I'm proud of myself for knowing it.
0: I'm very excited because recently you corrected Christy actually on the show. And it made me very excited when you correct and got it right. So thank you.
1: <laughs> we'll we'll get into why I know this in a few minutes, but first, we're going to talk about some things we must discuss, followed by getting to know you, Elizabeth, uh, followed by your clip that you've brought us from TBTL history with a heartfelt apology from me about the hmm. clip, more on that in a minute, uh, how to get involved, hmm. and uh, a little housekeeping. But first, uh, this is something that Mike and I actually need to address and Elizabeth, you're welcome to chime in on this. But Mike, you realize that today, and by today I mean the day this airs, not the day we're taping, is a very special day in Little Red Bandwagon universe.
2: It is? Oh, I think I know why. Are we allowed to say? It?
1: I don't think anyone can stop us. They're too busy getting married to complain.
2: <laughs> yes, wedding That's bells right. are ringing.
1: Well, the uh, reception and party is at the end of July, and if you want to go, all you need to do is call Jeremy. Today is the actual wedding day of our founder and co-host Christy Wise and her now husband Jeremy Holmes. Mike, did you ever think we'd see the day?
2: Um, I I thought that they would, as long as I wasn't there, that they would be able to get married. Because you know, when they do that, does anyone have anything to say? You know, but uh, they didn't. I I didn't get to the wedding, so I, I'm sure it went right. off without a hitch. <laughs>
1: uh elizabeth did you hear the episode of tvtl where jeremy proposed
0: oh yes i did and and chrissy's awkward acceptance she said sure <laughs> sure sure i was cringing a little bit but it was very lovely it made me very happy
2: every man dreams of his bride to be saying sure
0: we're friends with them and we
1: cringed too but we're very happy for them congratulations guys i assume you're probably going to be too busy to hear this right away but maybe you will and uh we're, we're very happy for you. So more on that to come. When we get Christy back on the show, I'm sure she'll tell us all about it. I can't wait to find out which relatives embarrassed each of them and both of them now that they are mm-hmm. one. Uh, but that's business yeah. for another day. What we need to talk about right now is you, our guest, Elizabeth Shaveta. Let's start here. I know you because I know of you from Western New York, how did you get to Germany? And then we'll backtrack.
0: So my um, my husband works for the government. Um, he's actually an auditor for the Department of Defense, and uh, there's a lot of uh, U.S. military installations in the U.S. And he happens to audit defense contractors, and they had have an office, an audit office here for his agency and we had daydreamed about moving here for years and thought you know hey when that position comes open maybe you should apply for it um you know just a daydream and then one day i was at work and he forwarded me the the announcement for the job opening he's like hey that job opened up should i apply for it and i was like yes apply for it and and luckily he got the job and, and so i quit my job and i had a really a really good job but a very stressful job i also worked for the government or worked um and so i was like yeah i can quit my job and have a five-year hole in my resume that's okay because we're just gonna go live in europe for three to five years and it'll be awesome (laughs) so part of like the bees bottom military community here
1: okay how long how long have you been there now
0: we've been here about a year and a half i think we came in december of 2014 and i still don't speak german
1: by your own definition you are fun employed
0: I'm in fun employed. Yes. It's awesome.
1: It's so awesome. <laughs> so TBTL and little red Bandwagon can help fill that void a little bit time-wise.
0: Oh, absolutely. Cause like 90% of my day is puttering. Um, because I like I do the cooking and the cleaning and I even started doing my husband's laundry, which in all of the 10 years we've been together, like I'd never done his laundry before, but I figured, you know, if he's working and making the money, I should be a good housewife and do his laundry. So I like, I putter a lot. And then I also, um, I like make costumes, that's the other thing I do. So, yeah, I have many, many hours during the day that I need filled with podcasts. What kind of costumes? Oh, well, I do like cosplay. Um, I, I don't think Luke and Andrew have had the opportunity to make fun of that community yet. Maybe they have, and I brushed it off, I don't know. But I'm sure the day will come when they make fun of us <laughs> and talk about how they can't understand why, why we do it. But I, basically, I like to dress up in like, you know, sci-fi or, or fantasy costumes and go to conventions.
1: Cool. Uh, We've seen a lot of the pictures that you post as you go, and I know a lot of us in the TENS community have as well. What are some of the different costumes that you've done? Because, I mean, I've seen people wear, like, bought costumes, and so, like, Boston has a huge convention for this every year, and it's everywhere, and Providence even but you make, I mean, meticulously every little part of all these costumes.
0: Yeah, and like, I have nothing against people who want to go out and buy the costumes because it's really, it's about the fandom and, and what you want to wear and that's fine. But for me, it's it's less, like, it's still part, you know, it's still about the fandom, but it's more about actually putting the hours and hours and hours into making the costumes. Like my most recent one was um into you know, a steampunk Borg from Star Trek, and so that's like a made-up character. You take the Borg character from Star Trek, but then you put it in a steampunk environment, and so I got to design it and make it myself, and, and I pretty much did it all myself. The only thing I think I got help on was I had um, a lights, a little LED light on the side of my head that I needed my engineer buddy to help me figure out how to wire it up, and um, And yeah, and right now I am working on the the Ariel, the Archangel of Hope from uh, Diablo 3, which involves a ton of armor, and I still have to figure out how to make wings out of light. So that's what I'm working on right now.
1: Uh, Mike is an old man, and I'm incredibly boring, so you're out of our element a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But it sounds amazing, and I always enjoy seeing all the pictures. Were you crafty, like, growing up? And, and this was just an outlet for that? Or did you reverse engineer it? Did you want to become good at this? And so you just learned by
2: doing Yeah,
0: I was never crafty as a kid. My dad was. Like, he made me the best Sorsha from Willow costume in fourth grade. Like, it, like we bought like a basic armor kit. And then he totally transformed it into Sorsha from Willow. And so he always did it, And I never did. Um, I was like a little bit artsy. I liked painting and drawing. And then I became a grown-up and stopped doing that stuff for some reason. And then a few years ago, I got involved with this. I got involved with this group called the Geek Girls Guild, and we just got together and did crafty stuff. And that all this stuff started coming back. And. At first, I was really self-conscious and I was like, I don't know how to do all this stuff, the sewing and the armor making and and just even just making stuff look like something out of nothing. And then I just, you know, I'm like, oh, there's YouTube. And then you just watch lots and lots of YouTube videos and you figure it out and you learn how to do it. And that's how I learned how to do it.
1: Well, I'm impressed. I couldn't keep up with it. And you just gave me a great segue because you mentioned your dad, uh, who you told me when you told him you were coming on this show and that you're going to be interviewed by someone who was interested in your family history, he said that the family business uh, begins and ends with him, or was it the family legacy begins and ends with him?
0: Oh, it's one and the same to him, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Um, Can you tell everyone who's not from Western New York, which is 99% of the Wagoneers, just very generally what your family business is?
0: Yeah, so we have a catering company. It's called Cheveta's Catering Service. But what we're really known for is our chicken barbecues. We basically do um, you know chicken over over charcoal fires based barbecue marinade. And I don't know, like I don't even know the recipe because my dad doesn't tell me those sorts of things. I don't think he tells any of us those sorts of things. But it's it's got crack in it or something because people love it and are addicted to it. And I think a big part of it, too, is the way we cook it. And, and in Western New York, like everybody knows shivetas. And you can you can buy the sauce, you know, in the stores and stuff, too. Or you can, like, go to your local church fundraiser or fire hall fundraiser or really any sort of not-for-profit schools that are, are doing fundraisers. And they're usually hiring shivetas to do their chicken barbecues. Um, And like I said, in Western New York, we're really well known, like, um, you know, for 10 days at the Erie County Fair, you know, 3,000 people a day come and eat, you know, Shavetta's chicken dinners. Um, But once you leave, leave Western New York, (laughs) we're not so well known. (laughs) You'll find uh, Western New York transplants and they'll freak out when I tell them my last name is Shavetta and they like lose it. And they're like, like the chicken? I'm like, yes, like, like the chicken. But as my father says, (laughs) I'm not famous. It's the chicken that's famous.
1: Well, that's very humble coming from a man who said he, <laughs> that the legacy starts and ends with him.
0: Well, th- no, I have to be humble. He doesn't.
1: <laughs> uh, so this is, I, Wagoneers and anyone who's heard me on any of the other shows that I've appeared on through Mike and through our friends uh, know that, that Western New York food is an obsession of mine. And we've gone into extenuating detail about chicken wings and and all sorts of other, you know, beef on whack garbage plates. Yeah, garbage plates. We haven't gotten into Chevetta's as much, but it's also very much a part of my childhood and even into my college years living going to UB. If you saw Chevetta's barbecue, and that is what they're just called going yeah. on as a fundraiser somewhere, they their drive through chicken dinners. You would very often just show up. Somebody would come up to your car, give you styrofoam trays full of Chevetta's chicken, and you would pay for it and leave and eat it at home, and that's the whole fundraiser.
2: Damn, yeah. right now I'm so hungry.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, we keep we keep it in the house. We still marinate with it because um, we can get it at Wegman's out here now. Finally. Oh, I'm so glad. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, so when I saw your last name pop up in the Stens page at some point, I think I sent you a message, and friended you, and was just like, hey. <laughs> You must be from Western New York. Where did you grow up?
0: Um, I grew up in Brant, New York, with about 20 miles south of Buffalo. So it's just a little, it's a small farming town, I think. You know, I don't even know what the population is. It's yeah. probably in the low thousands, like really low thousands. Um, like my street, like we were the chicken Chevettas, and then next door to us was Cousin Anna Chevetta, And next door to them were the Prechecks, but, you know, my Uncle Phil Precheck married a, sh- a grape Chevetta, and next to them is a the grape Chevetta, And then further down the road, there's more grape chevettas and eventually the potato Chevettas. So it's a really small community. It's a delicious yeah. community. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You're really the ambassador to Germany from the Shavetta Kingdom.
0: Yeah, I got to get my sister to ship it's me good. more stuff, though, because she ships it to me in these small boxes and it runs out too fast. So I don't like to share it. <laughs> and going back to how we became Facebook friends, though, it was because I messaged you after hearing you on the Takedown podcast talking about Western New York food. Um, I Actually, we'd been in Germany maybe a week I think, and I was still feeling like a little, not culture shock, because it's still like Western civilization, and it's not that much different, but I was feeling like a little lonely walking around, and I just started listening to the Takedown podcast, and when I heard you talking about, like, wagons in Western New York, I really felt, like, really at home and comforted by it, so thank you very much. That was actually a really, like, really, like, significant episode to me.
1: Oh.
2: Making connections. <laughs> at least we did one right. thing right with that show.
1: One One thing. <laughs> We're gonna talk about TBTL in just a minute, and I'm hoping uh, when you do that, Mike will ask you those questions, but I want to hear I want to hear all about when you first found TBTL and whether or not were you in Buffalo when that happened or when did you become a listener?
0: Oh uh, when it was like back in I think 2013 I, I started listening
1: because I didn't think there were any tens in Buffalo, and I'm still not sure <laughs> that there are many.
0: Oh, I wasn't in Buffalo. Sorry, I, I, I misunderstood. I was not in Buffalo. I lived in Washington, D.C. at the same t- at the time. Actually, Northern Virginia when I started listening. Okay, yeah. I don't know of any Buffalo 10s either.
1: If there are any of you out there, you need to let me know because I'll get really homesick and drunk and nostalgic anytime talking to you. <laughs> um, with that, I think I'm going to let Mike, before I intrude any more on his questions, do his, his Christy questions for you.
2: Sure. Uh, Elizabeth, how did you find out about TBTL in 2013?
0: Uh, It was Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, You know, I heard Luke on on the show, and I think I started to get like a super huge crush on him when he filled in for Peter Sagal for that while. Mm -hmm. I just thought he had like the cutest voice ever. (laughs) And like I eventually lost my crush because, you know, I listened to TBTL and got to know him, and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't have a crush on this guy. (laughs) And you found out he
2: couldn't grow a beard, (laughs) right?
0: Oh, he can't grow a beard. So fuck that. (laughs)
2: He's he's uh, done.
0: Done. No. Yeah.
2: What was the first episode? I mean, you, you had a crush and you went, did you, did you just listen to the next one that came out or did you look at some descriptions and go back?
0: At that time, I'm not so much any longer like this, but at that time I was kind of like a podcast completionist. If I was going to start to listen to a podcast, I was going to go back to the beginning. And, like, I had done that mm-hmm. with, I think, a couple of podcasts, and it was very painful. And then when I went to TBTL and saw that there was, I think at that point there was maybe 12 or 1,300 episodes, I was like, I, I can't. <laughs> like, I can't yes. go back to the one. I'm like, I can't. So I started with um, the 1,000th episode. It seemed like a nice, a round number. Um And I think Uh that was like in early 2013. And then about April 2013 is when I finally got current and was listening every day.
2: Okay. So you went back to to find a, like a marker, you know, where the thousandth and then you were going to go forward. Have you ever gone further back or do you just get your old, old shows through us?
0: Um, I've done mostly through you guys. And then when maybe they'll do repeats on TBTL, um, through the mm-hmm. archiving project, I have gotten to listen to some of, of the earlier episodes that were before the thousandth episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I just, I really, I just haven't had the time to go back.
2: <laughs> now you mentioned you went back to the thousandth and a lot of people seem to have done, I think through this show, we found that a lot of people did listen to that one first, but it did not really hook them like it wasn't um it wasn't really you know distilled tbtl it wasn't like the show normally is was there another episode that made you think i'm in i'm all in i gotta listen to this show until it, until the day i die like
0: i don't remember a moment like i think i know enough to give a podcast some time to let it grow on you um so yeah. even though you're right like the thousand episode was kind of like a whatever episode for me and i'm like oh i gotta give this more you know more time and i just kept giving it more time because mm-hmm. there were so many episodes like i would go on whole vacations and ignore my husband and our family that we were traveling with to be like i gotta go sit on a beach and listen to this podcast and i just had invested so much oh. time and i realized once i got current I, like i didn't have a moment where i was like this is the episode now i'm a 10 it was more of a point where i got current and i was current and i listened every day and i was like Oh, yeah, I, I feel like now I can call myself a ten because I started to wonder like when when's that point where I can actually call myself a ten? When am I allowed to call myself a ten right. and it was that was like the moment. I'm like, okay, I am now current and I'm listening every day I even I can I know the exact date. it was let me look april twenty third 2013 and I know that because I emailed mm-hmm. Luke to tell him I'm a 10 because <laughs> I was current, and I wanted him to know I now I considered myself a ten. And he did not email me back. He,
2: he well, did that's me. great. And then and then you can jump in and enjoy the Stens page in all, the, in all its glory, you know, if you're current. Yeah. Was, you know, it nice. used to
0: be lovely. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be lovely again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to make the Stens page great again. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you mentioned that um, you wrote to Luke and, of course, he didn't write you back, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, have you ever had anything read by him or andrew or had any interaction with the show that made it to um
0: yeah like a few things um and each and every time i like hyperventilate and make whoever's around me listen um (laughs) but i think the first time it was just really short I was I think they were it was around the Super Bowl and they were having people like send recipes in for super Bowl, Super Bowl parties and like whoever was gonna have the best recipe was like gonna win something. But I didn't really care about winning anything because I think it was something local in Seattle that I wouldn't be able to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I still like submitted a recipe and they like and it was like towards the end when they had decided that like dips weren't gonna be like admissible anymore because there were too many dips mm-hmm. and I had submitted a dip, but they did say my name and I can't remember like the joke but I my husband what's a funny like punny name for spinach and artichoke dip that had that is related to football and he said something about like I guess the Chiefs had done really bad that year or something and he mm-hmm. was like oh call it the you know the spinach and Chiefs artichoke in the playoffs dip or something and Andrew laughed just a little bit when Luke read that so I mm-hmm. felt I felt very good about that what, what were the other ones oh um oh like when i did my they had like my uh the, the sponsors announcement they went out and talked about my address for a while which made me like squeal deep down inside
1: oh right because you <laughs> have it's, a,
0: it's an you... epo address
1: right yeah
0: yeah, so it's an army post office address. And Luke's just like, where is this? And like, I was so flattered that Andrew's like, oh, I'm Facebook friends with Elizabeth. She lives in Germany. And I'm like, he probably looked this up because Andrew's like that. made me feel good that he's like acknowledging that we're friends on Facebook. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, he just knows we're friends on Facebook because he keeps track of me. So, and I've had a couple like emails read on the show.
2: Man probably likes chicken.
0: He better like his chicken, his Chevetta's chicken. Everybody likes Chevetta's chicken. <laughs> It's true. Um, Everybody yes, likes Shavetta's chicken. You, have to you like can't it. see
1: it because I just sent it directly to Mike. But I just started sending him pictures of a Shavetta's chicken dinner, and then the grill set up. When you see all the grills lined up,
0: I, if you go to Shavetta'sCatering dot com, I it's, believe they have a gallery.
1: You're you're a great spokesperson oh. for the family company. You should know that.
0: Oh, just wait till I try to plug my sister's book at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, uh, back to your line of questions, Mike.
2: Yeah, yeah. Was there any other interaction?
0: Oh, yeah. I've had a couple of, like, Facebook posts, emails, read Like, um, I think there was that episode where they were denouncing flip-flops and men wearing shorts. And, like, I don't get, like, mad when they talk, you know, when they denounce something I like. Like, when I'm, like, a gamer and Luke had that CBS, you know, thing where he talked yeah. about, how, you know, watching gamers on the internet, which I've done. Told you to,
2: told you to go outside. Yeah,
0: yeah the real the, the real world out there in 3D or whatever. <laughs> like I didn't get right. mad. out, I'm like whatever, but there was something about their anti-flip-flop talk cuz I wear flip-flops pretty much every day from like April till October that really, you know, rankled me. So I think I posted something on the Stuns page along the lines that, you know, I felt I, I started to hate myself because of <laughs> certain denunciation of flip-flops and men in shorts cuz I love A man and a pair of cargo shorts and so that really that hurt me deep down and they they read that on on uh, on the show and then I think oh the other one was Andrew's ear infections I got so worried because he's having like chronic ear infections and my husband was having chronic ear infections and it turned out his eardrum had been ruptured for 10 years so I was really worried and I emailed in about that yes I was like go get go to a ENT and get that looked at really really good so, so they went on and on to talk and they were they were really upset on my husband's behalf that his doctor just didn't catch on sooner, so I was like really excited, yeah. and of course, I make everybody listen to it over and over again.
2: Really, like non like tens like. Not not even 11s. You just slap the headphones on them and say you got to listen to the third talking oh, about I me. Oh, I send
0: links to like my mom and my dad and my <laughs> siblings. I'm like, okay, scroll to sure. the minute 2802. Right. That's when they talk about me. You have to listen. And then I make them listen and then I quiz them on it to make sure they listened.
2: Yeah. Hey, at least you give them a timestamp. Uh, so this is the big question. Uh, why does TBTL matter to you?
0: I think it's mostly because uh, I feel like I am just like Luke and Andrew. Like, they like the, their insecurities, the way they, they think about things, like there are so many times when I'm like, oh my God, that's just like me. I didn't think anybody else was like that. And the fact that they can mm. talk so frankly about those insecurities and like stupid things that they think or say. And I think one of the early episodes that really got, that really endeared Luke to me, I think when he went and did that, the stand-up at that pizza place <laughs> where where he did the mic drop and they yelled at him um, and that he kind of admitted, you know, not that I'm a big deal, but I, I think they should have thought I was a bigger deal and that they should have been a little bit more right. excited that I was there. And they like admitted that he, he knew he, he should be ashamed to have felt that. He admitted that sure. shame. And I was just like, Oh, that's, I don't know. It was just really refreshing to hear them talk about that kind of stuff and be so open and frank about it, especially when I do and think and feel and say a lot of, of the things that they do. So that's really why it matters
2: to me it's like the blue check mark um he's he's brought up the blue check mark on twitter at least five or six times now and he knows it shouldn't matter to him but it clearly desperately matters to him
0: oh yeah and it's in the end it's like stupid but it's like i love that and he knows it's stupid but i love that he can admit like yeah "Yeah, this this is a thing that really just keeps eating at me
2: (laughs) (laughs) right right all right uh thanks for that uh bobby we have a, a long clip today, but there's a lot of goodness.
1: Yeah, before we started with today's episode, we had a serious conversation about how much of this clip to include. Uh, Elizabeth, for, let me start with my apology, actually. And yes. I'm a little uh, uncomfortable yes. doing this because usually Mike is the one who has to apologize for things.
2: <laughs> not today.
1: But not today. <laughs> uh, a, few, a few weeks ago now, uh, we featured a clip show all about Andrew and we gushed about Andrew and, and listeners send in their clips and gushed about Andrew and I was thinking about what clip uh without mocking him because there are so many to choose to make fun of Andrew but I wanted to choose one of the ones that was actually really endearing to me and I thought back to Andrew talking about his sort of childhood hopes and dreams And I ran with that clip, and I recorded my little intro for it, and all was well and good. And then uh, it came out, and then maybe hours later, you sent me a – I won't say sternly worded, but you sent me quite the message reminding me that the reason that that was buried in the back of my subconscious brain is because you submitted it as your clip (laughs) for our show, and I – being the asshole that I am completely forgot about that and pillaged it and used a few minutes of it for the clip show. So I believe the words uh,
0: I you were fucking bastard. <laughs> <messaged you>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, to be fair to you, Bobby, um, this, the Friday show, the interview show is more or less my baby and to some lesser extent Christie's. And we are generally the ones that look over all the submissions. So it's not like Bobby gets a, a, a stream of submissions over his transom that he's looking, you know, to steal. So, oh no, Mike. I don't know how oh, no, where Mike. he was because that here's this was the your thing: episode. when
0: he messaged me after I submitted, and he was like, "Oh, I'm so glad you you're you're going to be on." He's like, "And that's a great clip." He specifically oh. told me yeah. it was great.
2: Oh, Bobby, oh yeah. I tried to, I tried to get you off the hook. <laughs> Thanks for
1: trying to cover for me, Mike, but really. I got to follow my sword on this one. Yeah. I, I forgive you I though, saw, it, it jumped out at me because <laughs> I saw Shavetta, and uh, my eyes lit up and my mouth started to water. Sure, sure. <laughs> now, yeah, you understand now that you've seen the pictures. It's very distracting. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I here's what I think is my redemption story for this. When I did my intro and played a few minutes of this episode on the clip show, I specifically said... There is so much more to unpack here that we don't have time to put in. And now we do, because we had a conversation before we started about how much of the show to include. You talked about, you know, the the childhood hopes and dreams and hero fantasies, but there's also a whole first section of this episode about finding the ideal bathroom to poop in at work that is classic TBTL. I mean just <laughs> Incredible. Mm-hmm. And so now we have a chance to to play all of it. We're not going to play the entire episode because we're going to trim off some rambling about Todd Rungren and a couple of other things that aren't necessary, but uh, we're going to listen to most of it now. And Elizabeth, do you accept my apology?
0: I apologize. Of course I do. I stopped being mad at you like a week ago. Thank you. It's a, it's a burden. <laughs> a looking...
2: whole week ago.
0: <laughs> that was... <laughs> I was going to say
1: a whole week <laughs> Uh let's, let's take a minute now, or actually several minutes now. Let's listen to this episode. Uh, it's episode number 1496, Hero Fantasies and Above Ground Pools. It's from December 19th, 2013, and then we'll come back and talk about it.
3: Uh, I want to apologize, uh, Brent Flyberg, right at the top here, because it is freaking freezing in this household. Oh, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. No, it is. It's cold, and then we've got Walshke, You know, as a you know a previous resident of uh, Seattle and previous friend of mine who would come over here mm-hmm. to uh, do this show with me. There's always mm-hmm. been a problem in this house at Burbank Studios with um, the heat in the house. Is is a, is a funny thing when you turn on the heat. A lot of the house doesn't really get warm, but then there's this one bathroom. The bathroom that is adjacent to where we record the show, which, as you mentioned, Brent, is a weirdly gigantic bathroom. Giant
4: bathroom, full bathtub, full shower, sauna capabilities, apparently. It's like – yeah, and
3: it's it's like – uh, kind of hidden in the back part of the house and it's the nicest bathroom in the whole house unquestionably and it's the one that gets used the least if i worked here that'd be the bathroom i pooped in right exactly it'd be the secret bathroom we have one at cairo which is where they also have oh man I just found the one at my new job oh that's a great day isn't it, it when is. you find the pooping bathroom <laughs>
5: have you found that yet at uh, kcrw andrew you want to talk about it? Let's yeah. talk about this. Let's do it. Um I, and I'm not just saying this because I'm being polite. Like, no joke. You won't do that at like, work. No, no, no. The, the more I'm here, the more I love this place. Like, KCRW is unlike any place I've ever worked before. It's, like, really funky. It's everyone's like in, it's got this at real... their desk is a toilet. <laughs> exactly. And But it's a, it's an odd place. Like, it's in the basement. <laughs> We're on the campus of Santa Monica College. It's in a basement. It's a long kind of basement building building. Um, that when you come in it, it it almost feels like a college radio station away. So anyway, I I really think it's cool and everything. But everything is a little bit different because of the odd space. And what that means is there are two bathrooms that are right in the main hallway. It's a very cramped quarters, very small place, very intimate. Um but there are two bathrooms right in Have you ever been here Luke? Do you know what I'm getting at here? I have you
3: know, van worked there on uh, the Warren Olney show, but I never went inside. I would just like pick her up and drop her off occasionally. So I've looked at it from yeah, the well, outside. I thought it was in like portables or something.
5: Um, uh, well, no, there are there are various things around campus. Anyway, there are two bathrooms here in the main thing. They're right in the main hallway where people are constantly walking by, but they are unisex and they are um, mm-hmm. just like one one person bathrooms. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it is freaking me out. Because when you do have to go in there and do your business, right. like you have to make sure the door is locked. And right. it's this weird kind of thing where once you're inside and the door is locked, right. if you go to turn the handle, it automatically unlocks. Right. So if I can explain it, you can't lock the door and then try the knob to make sure that it's locked. Yep. You know what I mean? Because if you try the knob, it automatically will unlock from the inside. And you so you've got to trust that the lock is working.
4: <laughs> That's the type who will check the lock before he poos a couple of times.
5: Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially when it's this unisex bathroom in, that's right off the main hallway and just like the, the main little drag there. And you don't know if your colleague, possibly a young woman that you work with, is just going to be waiting in the hallway to use the restroom as soon as you're done. Um, I will c- commiserate with you so intensely on that.
3: And maybe do you even – well, I don't wouldn't say one better, but I know exactly what you're talking about because the bathroom at Cairo that I like to use, there's get two mm. things going on. <laughs> okay. One is that it is I didn't even, I didn't even find out about this until I'd worked there for a year or two. And it was, you know, it's 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 this giant bathroom that has a door that locks because it has lockers and a shower. So it's basically mm-hmm. like if you were exercising before work, this is where you'd go, take your shower, uh use the lockers and that. But I just like it because it's a private bathroom, mm-hmm. but it's huge, right? Now, when you go in that private bathroom, you have to press the, – the the way the lock there works is it's a button that's in the middle of the doorknob, and you press it in. But then mm-hmm. once you're sitting on the toilet – first of all, the toilet faces the door. There's absolutely <laughs> mm-hmm. no barrier of any kind. It's just a giant room with a door and then a toilet, like – at one end. So if you're sitting on that toilet and if someone were to open the door, there would be nowhere for them to look except directly at your anus. Like there's, <laughs> n- there, there would just, it would just be very, very, very obvious to them exactly what was going on. But you can't yeah. reach the doorknob from where you are. So every time I lock the door and then walk over and then sit down on the toilet, I start to have. Like second, second guessing I start yourself. to basically have intrusive yeah. thoughts yeah. about if I actually locked it or not. And I know that I did because I'm very nervous about that. But I tell myself, maybe you didn't this time. But now I'm sitting mm-hmm. 25 feet away from the door with my pants down. And I'm trying to like just like just tell myself it's okay. Like, don't have like an a OCD breakdown over this doorknob. <laughs> but I will sometimes don't be an Andrew. I will shuffle. I will just go fully into my Andrewdom, and I will shuffle back over to just the door. Duck walk over. Duck there. walk over to the door to double check that the button is depressed because yep. I'm so. And then I'll go back to the toilet and then I'll think maybe I actually <laughs> maybe unlocked I just it. Unlocked it. And then the other thing I was going to say, there's two things going on. There's that whole thing, and then there's the fact that this door is right across from where everybody eats their lunch (laughs) like it's like there's the the common food area and then there's this door so if someone were to open this door while you were crapping not only would that person see you (laughs) a bunch of people that were eating their lunch would see you. so the stakes are so high and yet i still use it because that is how embarrassed i am you're a gambler that's what you are. High
5: risk, high reward. Yes. Very high reward. Yes, high reward. <laughs> you, Actually, can I um, – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Well, I, I'm going to take – I'm taking a, a huge, huge left turn here uh, based on the word gambler. So I don't want to kill the conversation. Sorry. Can
4: I tell you guys about a weird thing that I do in the bathroom at work? Please. Yeah. I want to just please. hear – but, but but, but, but I want to hear what Andrew Let's put a saying. pin in that, Andrew. Yeah. But I want to hear right, Brent, right. Brent's toilet You know at work. why I like to have the the private bathroom, and I feel so weird about this, but I do push-ups in the bathroom. What? I swear to God. Because I feel weird doing it – like it it helps me to feel like physically engaged to to, to stay focused. So sometimes I will just go to the bathroom and do push-ups, but I'm too embarrassed. Sounds messy. (laughs) I'm too embarrassed to just do them on the floor like in front of people because I don't want them to think that I'm like, oh, check me out. I'm doing push-ups because I'm so strong. But I just – I feel like it helps me
3: get through my day. But it's not a fitness thing. It's about staying awake and staying engaged and also fitness. Well, I would like to start by saying – You're absolutely right to not do the
4: push-ups in the work area (laughs) because that would be really – that would weird people out. Right? So right call on that one. But if somebody opens the door and sees me doing push-ups in the bathroom, game over. That's way weirder than just doing them in the workplace, right?
3: Um, That's one of the weirdest things you can do in the bathroom. (laughs) That is without a question. Other than the other night when I was at Cairo and I was filling in for Ron and Don – and by the way, Andrew, if you have any questions about that, I'm more than happy to – Talking oh yeah, we got to
5: talk about how your experience has been going.
3: But um, uh, I went into the bathroom there at the radio station, not the one that I like. It was the one that's upstairs by the studio because it was like I didn't have a lot of time, and I wasn't uh, dropping a deuce. I walk in there, and there's just a guy completely undressing in the stall, and you can tell because it's like there's feet with no socks, and there's like a shirt going, <laughs> you know, his arm. He was tall enough that his as he was taking off the shirt, it was like going above the the door. And so then I just was like – but I would already started to, to go to the bathroom, and I was just like, I got to wrap this up because this might be a total psychopath.
5: At and, any point, did you hear him say, the insanity? <laughs> it was not Dory Monson. Uh, okay. My, that, was,
3: that would have been my initial suspicion, but no, it was not. <laughs> I, I still don't know who it was, but I had to get the hell out of there. Oh, the other thing I was going to say was when I was using – earlier this week when I was using the pooping bathroom at the radio station <laughs> – I feel like I'm the only person who who knows about this slash ever goes into this place. But I, like, opened the door, and there were these really expensive pair of women's leather boots in there, like fry boots. <laughs> like at the bottom of the stall? Or no, just, just sitting, sitting there it. by a locker. Like some woman had, like, changed. Oh, yeah, because it's a locker room as it's well. It's a locker right, room. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. So some woman had come in, and she had probably had taken off her boots and her, like, work— you know clothes and was putting on exercise clothes and was probably at this very moment jogging around a, like the lake that's by the the radio station, mm-hmm. which meant she was coming back, which meant there was a chance that I was going to drop a tremendous deuce in there and then like open the door and find like, and it would be worse if she was cute, I don't know why, <laughs> We'd find a cute lady there waiting to come back in after her workout and get her shower. boots and stuff, to shower and get her boots, and I would have to look at her, and I was practicing in my mind, it's one thing with dudes. Like You know how it is bro bro. Yeah you might want to give that a minute (laughs) But like what do you even say to a lady about that stuff? Well,
5: 15 that's 15 15, what I'm talking about. 15 15. That is the reality here at work every single day. Like we all share these two one-person unisex bathrooms, and like, and I'm kind of glad that you brought up that thing because before I mentioned, I'm like, you might come out, and it might be a young lady there, and like that. I didn't want to sound sexist or something. Maybe that shouldn't matter, but it does. Like, oh, if I it were you? one of the guys I work with, I would just be like, um, yeah, you want to uh, give it a minute, man, or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, like, like a real bro. <laughs> Man. Right, and I'm not some brosity kind of guy, but like somehow that is a little bit more socially acceptable than if it's like you know just some this you know some woman I work with be like um it's all yours like I wouldn't <laughs> know how to handle that
3: you know what's gonna you know what's gonna seriously mess your world up <laughs> one day Andrew and this is why I told you not to take this job. One day, even though I didn't know about the bathroom situation, I had a sense of foreboding. <laughs> one day you're going to walk into that bathroom and it is going to be lit up with a smell from somebody else who had some kind of a, you know, a digestive oh, situation. Know.
5: And you're this just gonna, already kind of happened. And
3: you're just going to be peeing. You're just like <laughs> uh-huh. just a normal average one yeah. of the mill. Nothing weird. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Urination. And then you're going to come out and then there's going to be a lady standing. And then the question is, do you say that wasn't me.
5: Or do you not
4: say you anything?
5: Nope. You don't say anything.
4: Don't acknowledge you it. You don't say anything. No and way. You gotta remember so that. You think, you think you say, "Oh no, the smell you're about to smell." That wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you then you say, what? "Some of it was," because <laughs> yeah. I did fart. I was standing, but I farted. But it wasn't as bad as like. But you what, should thank me for waiting till I got in there to do that. Right. I could have done it out here with everybody.
3: Exactly. And I think it was probably. Uh... I think it was probably Warren Olney. <laughs> that's funny to four people um i uh no uh, what but this this happened andrew and you just left it uncommented upon
5: Um, It it did not happen where somebody was waiting, but already you sometimes will go in there and you can see like, ah, I see this This has been occupied recently. Um, And then you, as you're getting ready to leave, you're just kind of like, well, I mean, this time it's not even on me, (laughs) but like, I hope somebody's not waiting out there. And it hasn't happened yet that somebody has, but I mean, we're breeding a culture here by having this being the reality of the restroom that everybody's got to be a little bit more forgiving of it, right? It's not, just a reminder here, boys aren't the only people who go to the bathroom. Through. Absolutely. you know what i mean right. like this this is happening and this is happening to everybody it's a little bit of uh i think it's something that we all realize is a kind of a unique situation and right. we're gonna be forgiving i do think you should practice your your
3: rap though like you're your, what you're gonna say when you come out which is like you could say like mm-hmm. hey i just want to take a minute uh, to apologize for whoever did what <laughs> happened in there
5: because wow <laughs> I actually kind of you said rap, and I know you're using a different context. But if I actually had a rap like that, would <laughs> they would totally that forget. would really be something? Just blindside you know, but, them with a, yeah. with, a, with yeah, exactly uh,
4: 16 bars. They're not going to remember. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that's a really Walsh. it's a really good plan. Step out, and if you see a young lady, and you know she's about to just rap until she until the smell to just rap until she doesn't even have to go to the bathroom. That's right, exactly. Till she chooses to go to the Arby's <laughs> yeah. in Santa Monica, <laughs> just because they
5: have a bathroom where no one's trying to rap. <laughs> My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here to say I'm not responsible for that, at least not today. <laughs> Um, by the way, there's one quick. Like, I want to kind of get off the poop talk because I just feel like when it goes on for too long, we might isolate new listeners. But I feel um, him being disappointed. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but uh, you the, guys have really different
3: one- ambitions for this show than I do. <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling great about this.
5: <laughs> the um, there is one option I have that um, so. You know, again, I work on a college campus. We're in the basement, but we are below the cafeteria where you can go upstairs mm-hmm. and, you know, like the, I eat at the cafeteria almost every day. They have a salad bar up there and a burrito bar and all kind of stuff. Um And when you go up there, first of all, I feel it is kind of cool. I feel kind of like a professor around here because I have like a staff parking pass and like I can go in this little room. So like after I get my burrito and my salad, if I don't feel like coming down to my desk, I can go in the big cafeteria where all the students are eating. But I wouldn't do that because they would all (laughs) make fun of me. I love how you feel Um, like even if just to even sit in that room with those people. Would be somehow creepy. They're all gonna it laugh was, at not me. Not even creepy. Like more like I feel like kind of a big old nerd. To be all like they they all like start throwing spitballs at me. But instead, like I have access to this little staff faculty room that I the first few times I went in there I didn't even realize I thought it was just a quiet place that the kids didn't like. No, no, they're not allowed in there. I'm like a professor. I can just go in there and eat like with the old people. Um, but anyway, right outside of the the part, uh, this would be so much better if the bathroom upstairs off the cafeteria were in the faculty only part but instead it's used by all the students but i was so shy about doing some doing my business mm-hmm. uh in the in the bathrooms in our little tight hallway here that i would go upstairs to use the the public bathroom but it is the nastiest bathroom it's like a big you know men's room with mm. multiple stalls and everything but it's like open to the students and it is so nasty and it smell it's like the type of bathroom you go in and you wince yes you know what i mean yeah. like the the it's so acrid you know what and that so, is like i tried that that's, a couple of times it's all the molly that they're doing all the time it gives them <laughs> yeah. terrible terrible bowel discomfort uh, so anyway, yeah, so if I get really shy, like if I'm worried about that, I do have – I can go upstairs, which I did a few times. So I'm like, oh, it's so out of the way. And then you go up there, and I feel like I'm not rewarded for my experience because it's so nasty up there. What I would do not if I Not that I, I guess really... we should be rewarded, but, you know.
3: And, you know what? You need to install – there needs to be a periscope or something. <laughs> oh, in yeah, the, talk about creepy. In the ba- well, just, you know, I mean, it wouldn't look great if somebody found you installing a camera in that bathroom. <laughs> But he just explained that. No, 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 ha- no, no. You just come up with
4: a rap for that, too, and you'll be fine.
3: <laughs> My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here to say. This camera
4: I've installed have is
5: pointing the other
3: way. <laughs> it's for your
4: security.
5: <laughs> Which would then eventually become My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here to say. I have to come to your door and tell you that I'm a sex <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, this whole thing started because I was apologizing to Brent about how cold it is, but here's what's happened in oh, this yeah. house now. This bathroom, this huge bathroom that is just turned like – like it was like the surface of the sun in there, and then it would – the heat would come out and warm this room. So this whole area of the house would be always too hot, and the rest of the house would be too freezing. Um, that's not the case right now, maybe or ever again, because the heat in the house is – like it's pretty cold right now. Was it a what was there before? So I we had you know like a regular fireplace which we never used because I don't know if people know this but they're a hassle. They are very beautiful looking and they're cool but
4: super difficult.
3: It's like a, la- a couple of years ago I was like I'm gonna just every night I'm gonna burn a fire in the fireplace and so I bought these bricks of like. First, I bought some kindling and stuff, and then I realized how hard it was to just make a fire like a real man. So then, I bought these bricks of some weird chemical soaked crap <laughs> that just like lights on fire and and then I would put that under the wood and a little bit but anyway what i so the back story is that. Before Carrie and I lived together, uh, she was living in this other house, and they had one of these gas fireplaces um, that you just turn on, and it's just like – it looks like a real fire, but it's not. It's just gas, and it's very warm. It's like a heater. And she just sat against that fireplace every single night and watched TV of the whole time she lived in that house when I knew her. So in our house, we didn't have that, but we had a vent, like a creaky old vent in the floor, and then she would just sit on that vent all the time. So – it's like a cat. <laughs> really, yeah. like part tabby, I think. <laughs> so I did this whole production where I got – I for her birthday, which was um, Tuesday, excuse me, I got this uh, f- gas fireplace put in. And so that's in now, which is great. But what it means is that we're just not even turning the heat on the rest of the house because she just sits in front of that thing all day, as does Addie, who's here home from college for Christmas. And so the rest of the house is now basically a meat locker. So I don't know if that's an improvement or not. I will say this. Uh, I learned something from this uh, fireplace uh, gift, which is never do a surprise party or surprise gift that's involved for anybody if they're your girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife. Did it not work out? What happened? It, it worked out fine. But what happens if it's too involved is there, there's so much lying that has to happen mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. eventually it strains the relationship. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you were throwing a surprise party mm-hmm. for someone and you like the, and you're just like you're like, no, we have to go, you know, we need to go do these errands right now because you're trying to get them out of the house so that the thing can happen. But you don't have a good reason so you, you just have get good, angry. Yeah. And you don't have a good reason and they're kind of like, uh yeah, I don't feel like doing errands. You're like, do these motherfucking <laughs> errands
4: and then, like, they're, ma- they're mad at you because you're acting in a strange way and it's not justified. And you're mad because they won't just cooperate so right. that you can do something nice for exactly. them, but you also can't tell them that? Yeah, I was. I think it's safe to say this because by the time this airs, it will be after the
3: fact. But this guy that I've been doing um, the uh, radio show with uh, named T- John Moffitt, who's actually a totally awesome dude, he's this guy, right, who made the news this year because he quit football. He walked away from a million dollars because he was just like, yeah, it's about competition, and I'm really about oneness. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> That's so cool. He's just I like the him. coolest dude ever, and he just decided that he didn't want to you know, destroy his body, but he was like – It wasn't like he quit because he couldn't play any longer. I mean, he could have played for years. He Mm -hmm. could have played for 10 more years probably. But anyway, he was – and again, I feel okay saying this because it's after the fact. But it's his uh, girlfriend's birthday this week, and he and I were commiserating because he was buying her on Sunday. He wanted to go get this bracelet for her, this, like, nice bracelet. But he had to go to the jeweler to look at the thing. And um, so we had to make up a story to her as to why he needed on a Sunday to just disappear for like two hours. And he's at the jeweler and she's like texting him really upset now because he left for no good reason. Mm -hmm. And now he's been gone longer than he said. And he said he was so close to just taking the bracelet. And just throwing it across the room at the jeweler and just leaving because he's like, I'm doing something nice. It's a very weird thing that happens. This was kind of starting to happen with me and Carrie where, like, I would be trying to, like, orchestrate something and then to get her out of the house or to go to this place or to measure something. And she would be not going along with it. And it was all I could do to not just be like, uh, you know what I was doing? Being
5: really thoughtful. (laughs) Which has a way why didn't you just call in a? Why didn't you just call in a bomb threat like your buddy at Harvard?
3: <laughs> if I'd thought of it, I'm not a Harvard man, so <laughs> I don't think of these things. But um, I, I just decided, and actually, you know what, Carrie Turquette, and she was amazingly, ultimately, she was surprised. Like I somehow pulled it off. Actually, what th- this is the other thing. Damn you, internet! So the internet really screwed me on this one because what happened was I was looking at these fireplaces online just to kind of see what the deal was. And then you know how this – like if you look for anything on the internet now, it infects all of the borders of every other Facebook the page. ads, they follow you. They'd they be following me. And so what happened was – like. I'm looking at Facebook or something, and all of the side of my computer screen is like, gas fireplace. (laughs) And she's not an idiot. So at some point, she says to me, I think I know what you're getting me for my birthday. I go, what? She goes, gas fireplace. (laughs) I was like, internet. But then I told her, I was like, we can't afford that. I I was looking at it, and I was thinking, you know, we should do that, but it's like
5: we can't. We can't afford that. That's, That's a interesting cover. that she confronted you on that. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, neither would and I. And I'm surprised. I'm surprised that she would too. I know Carrie because she doesn't or like surprises. I thought I knew
3: Carrie. She doesn't like surprises. And, mm. and and her ultimate point was not a bad one. She was ultimately surprised, and it was it was great. It all worked out. But then she she was like, "This is why I don't like surprises." She was like, "Because there's always this pressure and it's like this thing, and then if I find out, she's also like a weird Columbo. She just like walks into a room. And she's mm. like." Eh something's out of whack here
4: luke just called his wife weird columbo (laughs) as opposed
3: opposed to normal columbo (laughs) right and so she also just always figures stuff out like it's impossible to pull something pull the wool over her eyes and so anyway i um i just decided this is the last year i'm gonna do anything like that everything else is just gonna be like here's a brochure of the hot tub we're getting and we're calling Mm -hmm. it your birthday So what color of wood do you want? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm just like I'm never trying to pull off because that was the thing I was going between trying to maybe get a hot tub. Hot tubs are actually way expensive. I had no idea because you can get a free hot tub on Craigslist usually it yeah, comes with a guy was, with a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah
5: And various <laughs> flavors of VD.
4: <laughs> exactly.
5: Yeah.
3: Uh, I still want rights to use the hot tub even after I've donated Speaking it.
4: <laughs> Speaking of surprise guess one time... There's I, more of me in that hot tub. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like 12, my I really wanted a go-kart for my birthday, and my parents told me not to go in the garage for a full week. They were like, don't go in the garage. We're serious. Don't go in the garage. So I thought I was getting a go-kart. Total fake out. There was nothing in the garage. <gasps> Why would they do that? My parents Why are... would they do that? Well, at the time, I was like, well, that was mean. But now I'm like, man, my parents are cool. <laughs> what, what did they actually get you that? I don't, I don't remember. Like, I don't know, PlayStation? I don't remember, but... It was something good. Like I got a good birthday present, and then because I remember it was like the next day, I was like, "Wait, what was in the garage?" And they were like, "Psych, idiot!" Oh wow, that is actually pretty God, great. Yeah, it's kind of great, but it's it's really
5: predicated unless they really did just want to like ruin your birthday. Like it's really predicated on like we are confident the gift we got is as good as yeah. if not better than yeah. the one that we're freaking or, or psyching you out yeah, about it's because ballsy. that could really backfire. That could, that, that yeah. could be like like a, a PlayStation could would be an amazing gift, but if you just were a kid who wanted a go kart and had your mind set on it, it could turn an amazing, expensive gift like a PlayStation into something kind of shitty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's definitely like. That's a ballsy move because that's, you have a
3: lot of confidence in what you're actually bringing. But I do like it. I like that it was messing with your little Briar
4: Washington sense of entitlement. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true because I thought oh. I was getting a go-kart for a week. I thought for And now that I'm an adult, I'm like, well, of course I didn't get a go-kart. What are you, crazy? But isn't it interesting? Well, that- you know, if
5: Luke was your dad, you would have just gotten a nice little wooden go-kart that yep. he would have carved for you yep. all by himself. Absolutely. I
3: I was obsessed with trying to get a go
5: kart or a any motorized
3: anything. Mm-hmm. When I was, I think it's I think it's a developmental stage for particularly for young boys when you're like I can't run fast enough. <laughs> when you're like between like <laughs> you know ten and you know before you get a driving age, mm-hmm. this obsession with having a motorized. I was always like, if I could just get a go kart, I could go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't want to like race it. I wasn't going to go to the track. I was like, I'll just. I'll just tool around the town in this yeah. go kart or this like motorized. Like um, I wanted a moped so bad, mm-hmm. I eventually got, we had you you had you had, had a moped or a go kart. Not does,
5: not a moped, it? but like, I got I guess yeah. You actually still have a scooter, but um, yeah, no. Not to make me sound entitled because you know me, I had uh, no friends, no self confidence, no. Ability to talk to girls or anything, Nothing's but changed. I did have all <laughs> of that stuff. Like, because we grew up in the country, we had seven acres. I had a, um, a little two a two wheeled motorcycle. Well, a motorcycle, two-wheeled but it was like motorcycle. Kind of, Where'd yeah, you get that? It was a Honda 50. It was a very small like motorcycle for kids. I had a go kart. We had a golf cart that went pretty fast. We had a dune buggy that my dad had made out of a uh, out of a Volkswagen, or my dad and his friends made out of a Volkswagen. We had like he had a motorcycle. We had every form of like kind of Motorized entertainment we could possibly have was that as was like amazing. okay so you are living in a Ricky Schroeder esque Silver
3: Spoon's dream? Yeah, Did you have a
5: train yeah. too that went well, around? Well, you, you got to mix in some Duck Dynasty though. It was <laughs> like it was it was Silver Spoon's meets Duck Dynasty because I mean we, so it was basically it, was the two best TV world shows of Ohio. all time, the two <laughs> right, best TV exactly. programs. Ricky ever.
4: Schroeder with you're Ricky Schroeder with a beard.
3: God damn it, you okay. had
5: everything, Walsh. It was amazing. Yeah, but Noel, well, but no friends, and I mean no joke. And I, this is Who both needs this a friend when you got a Dune buggy. I would have traded every every... one of my friends for a dune buggy. (laughs) They they were (laughs) shit. I used to literally in my go kart, which was great. I, by the way, I still have a scar in my arm where the where the um, where the uh, where I burned myself on the on the exhaust pipe. But I had this little go kart that had a spoiler on, on the back, and I would just picture fat little Andy in his <laughs> go kart just driving, just speeding all over um, our property and like going in circles around the pool. And I shit you not, I'm imagining.
3: Too? Wait a second. Imagining
5: a it, it was an above ground pool with a deck all the way around it. So we've already discussed how above-ground pools are kind of an indicator on this show. I think with with, with a deck around, that changes it. Because if you
3: can just—I mean, this is one of the great kind of philosophical questions. Can God build a deck around an above-ground pool wide enough and long enough that it no longer feels like an above-ground pool? It
5: kind of felt like—yeah, I mean, it was—yeah, it felt— But anyway, I would drive around. I'm just—I can't let go of this pool situation. (laughs) Sorry. You would drive around the pool. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would drive around the pool and I would imagine that whatever girl I had a crush on, usually it was Elizabeth Carroll or Amanda (laughs) Cook, I would just imagine that somehow in some fantasy they were watching me from afar and that I was just impressing them so much with my my speed on my go-kart.
4: That's amazing. Like
5: that was my life. So I had all these like motorized toys, but all I was doing with them was imagining that maybe Amanda Cook would over like maybe catch a glimpse of me if she happened to be driving by with her family. which you would never do because we lived like miles and miles away from everybody. So really would
4: you trade my existence for I, yours? Here's the thing though is I'm just realizing how similar we are from that story. <laughs>
5: I used to have hero fantasies. I would put myself to bed every single night after, like, saying the rosary or saying a bunch of prayers. If I still wasn't asleep, I would have these fantasies, like, every night the same fantasy where we were in a, some sort of school thing or some sort of group situation. And then somebody with a gun came in and <laughs> held hostage one of the girls I had a crush on. And everybody was scared except for fat Andy <laughs> Walsh, who stood up and knew exactly how to be deft enough to save the girl without putting her more at risk. And then it was always a happy ending. That's the only thing more pathetic about the, the, than that, Andy, is the
3: fact that I still think about that kind of stuff before I go to bed.
5: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you fantasize about me saving yes. girls. That's I amazing. do. Amanda
3: <laughs>
4: Cook specifically.
3: <laughs> and it's—I um, don't know how you know how to do it in my fantasy of this happening. <laughs> it's just
5: so good. Some little Jack Black-shaped kid Did coming you have in, and saving as a the child, day too i had glasses since I was two years oh, old. That is delicious.
3: I don't know. I don't know, because you know what? Here's the thing about having friends when you're a kid. Most of my friends, it was a terrible experience anyway, because it was like... <laughs> friends, they're the worst. No, but honestly, because when you're friends, like... Uh, the friends that I had... For instance, <clears throat> my very best friend growing up was this kid named Peter Williams... Who I am actually still friends with in adult life and I love, but um I was apparently like his third favorite friend, <laughs> not even I would think I was like barely in the running, and I came over one time, mm-hmm. and his sister answered the door, the back door sliding door, and she said, um uh, what what are you doing here i said I'm, "I'm here for Peter, and then she said to Peter, she like turned back and yelled, "It's the friend you don't really like." Oh no. Oh my god. And then he came out and then we still decided to hang out that day. But it was like even I don't know, I there's this kind of like uh, you know, my girl uh or like Norman Rockwell. I'm talking about the My Girl movie with Macaulay Culkin – or Norman Rockwell esque idea of what childhood friendships are like. That they're just like you know, you're at the fishing hole and you're the best. But not really. Like, it's a lot of bullshit, really. Kids, first of all, kids are emotionally very unavailable to each other because they're kids.
5: And so they do a lot of, you like. You should have talked to your friend about that. I feel like you're really emotionally unavailable. <laughs>
3: but you all are, like, it's fun to hang out. But there's a reason why every time you, like, spend over at your friend's house or they spend over at your house. I was, by the way, the kid. No one spent over at my house. There was 100 children. There was one bathroom. It was like I would stay over the night at the people who had houses that were decent. But there was always a period of time after you spend over at your friend's house, like the next day where you have the biggest fight mm-hmm. with them you've ever mm-hmm. had in your life. Yes. It's just like this knockdown, drag-out, horrible fight. Like you just can't stand each other for one more minute. So I don't know. I might have taken go-karts.
5: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, in my fantasy, um, you know, the girls weren't yelling at me. Except or when the they
4: weren 't hollering at me, yeah
3: have you um have know. you tried
4: so in your fantasy, even after you saved them, they were like, all right, see you later they weren 't no i don 't think so I
5: think i uh, no i 'm saying that, in other words i 'm saying that um you know i wasn 't getting into fights with these mm-hmm. with these fantasies, these fantasies, at least I could control them, and that 's the thing they were like i mean looking back on that, like they were very um that scenario I described from you, I can still picture it. It's been so I can still picture it. Somehow, like everybody standing around in a circle as I face off against this bad person. And like, what and was your so move? Specific. By the and way, I uh, and, well, like going the into these. What was the move? I think it was did? like you know. I think it was it was a, a form of karate chop. Like that's what you're gonna do in that scenario, yeah. right? Like yeah, that's what you. I mean, but like I, it's not like. I can't explain. It's not like daydreaming where you're sitting, uh, you know, reading a book or something and your mind wanders and next thing you know, you find yourself enveloped in this. It was like to go to sleep. It was like telling myself a bedtime story. You know what I mean? If I was having trouble sleeping, I would go there. I would consciously say, all right, I'm going to think about this now. You think... That I'm joking when I said I think about this shit before I go to bed.
3: I have one of two different things that I tend to think about if I can't fall asleep, um, which is one is fighting someone in a bar and what the <laughs> move I would use would be. And the other is basically a hero fantasy. These are things uh-huh. that as a 37-year-old now staring down the barrel of 38-year-oldness, man, this is shit that I lie in bed at night. <laughs> like stop the terrorist on the plane hero fantasy or what? No. it's Let me try to think of what kind, what it usually looks like. It's more like – it's not so much terrorists. It's it's like it's like uh, I'm. I think I've been thinking mostly about fighting this one guy in the rickshaw <laughs> a lot lately. So everything else is kind of blurry. For probably, I mean, going to be totally honest with you, probably <clears throat> probably for the last like. I'll go through different – I will think about – there will be a thing that I will play through in my mind before I fall asleep, and it will just be my go-to for a while. And you'd think it would be like a sex thing or something cool. (laughs) It's – for the last six months or maybe longer, it's been of this guy that I'm fighting in the rickshaw uh, (laughs) off of um, Greenwood Mm -hmm. and different
5: scenarios under which I beat this guy up. (laughs) That surprises me. Here's why because it sounds like this is a real life guy that you have a beef with and you didn't like the way you ended it last time. No, it's a guy that I headbutted and he <laughs> crashed into a oh, table. Oh, I actually oh, so fought all, him. You actually <laughs> so you did fight him and you liked him. the way it ended. Okay, because I was going to say, if, it, if if this was a fantasy involving um, kind of retribution to somebody that got the, kind of either one up to you the last time you saw him in real life or whatever, I would think that that would be too um yeah, right. upsetting, sort of. Right. You know, like you're trying to right that wrong, it would keep you up at night. But no, this was a victorious fight that you had, and now you're reliving it, adding flourishes.
3: But I will also think about, like, beating people up who are breaking into the house. So it's kind of a hero fantasy. Mm-hmm. I've told you about my strategy of jumping down from the top of the stairs where the bedroom yeah. is and crushing, like, a robber if they're That's coming. That's a pretty good plan. Yeah, but I thought about the, the flying other day. kick, right? Yeah, it's, kind of, it's sort of like a flying crumple. <laughs> like, I will fly down, and then we will crumple together.
5: <laughs> oh, okay. But
3: I'll, I'll play through, but okay. on your terms, Luke. That's exactly right. I'll be on top. <laughs> anyway i just want you to realize andrew like what do you think about now before you fall asleep andrew and actually maybe don't tell me
4: (laughs) i'm I'm real curious you know
3: you know i think about i think about a bathroom at work where i can go (laughs) in peace i worry asking you that question like it's going to be like what you start describing is basically the roof scene at the end of ghostbusters (laughs) where just hell has been (laughs) opened (laughs) <laughs> and you want to put your evil
5: inside everyone? <laughs> what about
3: you, Flabberg?
4: For,
5: uh, for, oh, you, you were going to give me the real answer. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Andrew. Sorry. Well, I mean, the real answer is not interesting, so I should let it go. But um, <laughs> the the real answer is I, I don't. Um, bec- I just read myself to sleep. Like I, I, there has not been probably a time in the past you know like decade of my life, with very few exceptions, that I ha- If if I'm awake enough that I'm going to be up for a while, I will fall asleep clutching a book or my phone, reading a book or whatever, and I read myself to sleep. Then I'll wake up in the middle of the night and turn off the light. I I can't I can't fall asleep without doing that sorry about you brent
4: for me they're like now it's i i will imagine like a really good set like i go on stage and Mm. i have a really good set but lately Mm. it's a lot of just like i'm a miserable failure and i'm gonna die alone and that's how i fall asleep and i know that like it's what? just because, like, recent breakup, you know, you, uh, it just makes you think weird things. Like, so when you're alone in your bed and you're like, yeah. well, this is normally when I would be with that person. And now I'm here alone and now yeah. I have to think about that. But it's usually... Like, I didn't know that. I'm sorry to hear that, That's That's okay. It, you know, it's life. It happens. Don't... It, let me... Warning to all the listeners out there. If you've been in a recent breakup, do not... When Facebook says, hey, check out your 2013 highlights, don't do it. It is emotional oh. torture. Yeah. Anyway. Really? Oh, yeah, that was a huge mistake. And I'm moving, and I keep finding her things around my apartment. Disasters. Uh, But, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Um, But, no, it's it's, – When you're lying in bed and you're thinking about – when you're having those fears,
3: I guess, or whatever, this is going to be – this is going to sound weird, but, like – is some part of it cathartic? Does it help you actually go to sleep or is it just literally what goes through your brain before yeah. your body just gives up yeah, and goes so. to sleep?
4: Because it's usually like I will think about that for a while and then I'll get sweaty and then I'll like mm-hmm. decide I have to do something and get up and just like – Bathroom eat, push-ups. Eat a bowl of cereal, bathroom push-ups, something, and then I'll go back and I'll lay down and watch some TV show that I'm not actually paying attention to and trying to fall asleep. And then if – sometimes I will convince myself that like, oh, no, just think about that – think about the show you're going to do and how Hard, you're gonna crush it, and then I'll fall asleep. But it's hard not to think about, like, oh, did you make a huge mistake? Like, or you know, mm-hmm. those things. Have
3: you have you thought about? And I, I do not mean this as a joke. Have you? And it's gonna sound like a joke. Have you thought about like a hero fantasy? Have you thought about just like because for me, I think what's cathartic, or I don't know, if cathartic is the right word, but what's kind of relaxing about playing these things through is. Is like that. It's I'm I'm actively not thinking about the real things in my life that are very right. stressful to me. Like, have you thought about trying to think about something different that would be like that would make you feel awesome? And I that would be. if you want to think tonight before you fall asleep about beating me up in this room. I might. I, I offer that as a gift to you.
4: I'll th- I'll try that out. I'll let you, next time I see you. I'll tell you how that <laughs> works. Actually, I think I want to beat up Andrew. Can I imagine beating right. up Andrew in this room? Yeah. I, well, that's kind of Andrew's answer. call. And then I'm gonna take his hat. <laughs> I shit you
5: not, and I'm looking right now, um, I am still Facebook friends with Elizabeth Carroll, and I am going to see if I she's would, available. I oh.
3: wanted to ask you, she if you have sort of uh, monitored the progress of these people that were so integral to your go-kart fantasy world. <clears throat> oh, she's married. Sorry, dude. Um, and she lives in Virginia. I don't, I,
4: um, I don't know that, dude. Uh, I don't care.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
4: Um, the truth is, I mean,
5: I haven't I, – I actually kind of in some ways would pre- 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 uh, probably have preferred not to. I don't know. Like at some point with Facebook, like this this dam broke with um, with all these people that I knew from early – or my very, very early years. You know, again, when I'm talking about like having a crush on these girls, I mean I'm young, like elementary mm-hmm. school, like third grade, right? And um, at some point somehow I got looped into something. I think our um, sixth-grade teacher died, and I – I think, let's see, we were done in sixth grade in 1989, is that right, Luke, or 86? 89, uh, I think. Well, you're one yeah, year cause, younger than me. Because you're class of 95, and I'm class of 94. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're so much more worldly. Mm-hmm. Smarter. It's a lot going on in 94 than you. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly.
5: You, can't, you just can't exactly. Even imagine. Exactly. I mean, you're more of a bleach guy, and I'm more of a never mind guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What are we going to do about it? That's just never going to come together. Um, but no, I mean, like, I kind of had no desire. Like I have such, like, not, not bad memories, although I do have a lot of bad memories, but also, like, I just don't remember things very well. Like, I have a horrible memory. Those very, very early days, those grade school days, like, these people, like, I kind of remember the names or whatever. Um, but anyway, I became kind of Facebook friends. You know how it goes. You become Facebook friends with a couple of people from, that era of your life, and then all of a sudden becomes a chain. And, and now I'm friends with like a lot of people from these very early days. And I am not. I have no idea what's going on with Amanda Cook. I am friends with Elizabeth Carroll, and I did I used to have a huge crush on her um, when I was a really little kid. And I, I think part of me is kind of like, oh, I kind of don't want to be following like the real Elizabeth Carroll. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I just yeah, you you have this like just you and to be and just you kind wanted to blast. be Winnie from.
3: From uh, right. Wonder Years. You don't want her to be Danica McKellar. Yeah, Although, interestingly enough, McKellar, Danica McKellar is
5: ridiculously attractive still. And real good at math. You know what the really cool thing is about this? Uh, sorry, I had no reaction to math. <laughs> yeah, here. I could tell. Um, the Elizabeth Carroll thing is, so we grew up in this place called Valley City, Ohio, which was just like, it was very, very backwards. Like, and, you know, it was, was, most of the people who I'm Facebook friends, who I know from that era of my life are, you know, they're, I mean, they're doing okay. I don't want to be judgmental, but it's a very, it was a very rural upbringing. And these people aren't very worldly. A lot of them are. And I had to kind of drop a few of them because some of their worldviews were Mm -hmm. offensive at times. Um, But then Elizabeth Carroll, like, when i clicked on her thing like she is married and she, i don't know if she has a kid or not but she's like she oh, travels she the world it seems like she kid. has i'm looking at the pictures <laughs> right now oh really are you looking yeah. Oh, you looked her up do you have the right person valley city well, Oh yeah. god should i not be giving away so many private details well whatever oh, um yeah that's her oh yeah she has a kid um but uh, but anyway, she's just like living this amazing life, and like she's tra- she travels all over the place, has an amazing job and stuff. I'm kind of like that actually does kind of uh, bring me kind of a lot of happiness. I know yeah. that sounds kind of corny, but it, it is. Like I'm kind of glad to see that like um, she's living a life that I envy, as opposed to um, yeah, sure.
3: Because if opposite, you
4: had saved her from a bad man and married her, she'd be all miserable and stuff, you know.
3: Yeah, she'd be married to you,
4: right? If right. she'd only oh seen, god. if she'd seen that
3: go kart race, <laughs> everything would have been different. For the, oh my probably god, for the worse.
5: Hey, do uh, you know that that's how I wooed Genevieve? By the way, with a go kart race? Go-kart. Oh yeah, I just drove it around the pool real fast. Like,
3: was it a, a in ground pool or above ground pool? It <laughs> had a deck. You know what's funny is that like I think you might think on some level, Andrew, that like. I'm looking – I, I do think that above-ground pools th- typically are like – a lot of times they – not all the time, but a lot of times. I've taken a lot of trains in my life, a lot of Amtrak trains, and you'll see a lot of above-ground pools from the Amtrak train. It just <laughs> yeah. is what it is. But what those are usually is they don't have water in them anymore, and there's like – you know my mom had an above-ground pool when she was so a did kid. So we. I had an above-ground pool. Um, but uh, but also, there were lots of people like you, Andrew, and I presume you, Brent, who were in really solidly middle-class, really awesome homes where your parents were like, yeah, we're going to get a pool. We're also not going to spend 70000 Yeah, exactly. But we are going to spend 4000 And my parents were like... Uh, you can, we'll hose you down in the backyard <laughs> if you want. Yeah. So I would have killed for an above ground pool. I mean, and if I, if I, I didn't even know anyone with an above ground pool where I lived in Seattle cause the yards were so tiny. Mm-hmm. If somebody would have had an above ground pool, we would have never ever left that pool. <laughs> so I want you to know that I'm not,
5: I, I ain't trying to diss. Yeah, no, no, not at all. It, but it wasn't until, and as a matter of fact, thinking back, it might have been when I was working with Curly. Maybe it was you talking about seeing him from the trainer. Maybe it was Curly, John Curly, when I was doing the show with him when he first mentioned about Above Ground Pools. That it, I was 37, be, or I guess 36, before I ever realized that, oh, that is kind of a, it is kind of a... Um, a class divider there between above ground and, uh, but you just wouldn't have had an in-ground pool right. where I grew up. Again, these, these we were people with tons of land, and like we also had like this a pond and a barn and all this stuff. Like Go it wasn't kart. the type of place where you would have had go-karts and golf carts and everything. Like you wouldn't have had an in-ground pool; it would have been kind of out of place, I, I think.
4: Did you ever think about jumping the above-ground pool in your in your go-kart? <laughs> oh
5: man, uh, you, you, like God, all it's the not time. Too late. <laughs> Elizabeth Carroll, it's not too yeah. late. Like like <laughs> jumping over it right not yeah, into no, it no, Just like over. Well, you're not trying leap. to ruin yeah, your yeah, go-kart yeah. Don't no be or, or your a pool goal. no no because
4: that's how you impress the girls You Absolute jump absolutely right. you go-kart. dukes of hazard oh, yeah
5: don't think that i didn't fantasize oh, about man. that
4: you know i mentioned before we
1: started the clip that i chose this a few weeks ago because i thought it was really endearing and it didn't mock andrew yeah. but even andrew in this conversation said Fat Andy Walsh saves the day. (laughs) 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 Poor Andrew. That sounds like a movie. Yeah, Yeah. it sounds like a movie I would watch. Yeah. Uh, But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, We should go back to the start of this clip. uh, And for context, even though you just heard it, I'm going to reset it anyway, like we're on the radio. Uh, This is Luke and Andrew and guest third Mike, comedian slash erstwhile blogger, uh, Brent flyberg and we open on a conversation about finding the ideal bathroom to poop in at work (laughs) because uh andrew has a precarious situation at kcrw where he is at the time of the recording of this uh because they are unisex bathroom single stall situation and so there's no dodging the bullet of destruction if you walk out of that and it's a mess
2: right then warren only walks in and just goes Oh, my God, Andrew. What did you do? I think you might need to see a doctor,
1: Andrew. Uh, Mike, you work in the restaurant industry, Mm -hmm. so I just assume that bathrooms are the worst thing ever.
2: Uh, They're pretty bad. We try to really stay on top of it, but I've worked in other restaurants, and I have uh, also been in a management position where I would have to go to a lot of restaurants during the day, and sometimes the bathrooms were tragic like you you would walk in there and then just decide you'd never wanted to go to the bathroom again and walk out
1: elizabeth this is where you you are lucky because you're just home right or out is there something we should know about the german bathroom situation is it more or less awkward because they don't get humor right so
0: <laughs> you can't
1: just laugh it off if you walk out and it smells
0: You know, I like I do. I spend a lot of of time at home and and I really and I hope this isn't too much information, but I rarely poop in public anymore because I am home a lot. But one of the reasons, too, Mm -hmm. is that we have a bidet and I don't think I can ever go back to living without a bidet. It is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. And I don't know why America doesn't have them. That it's really the best experience.
1: I, I've heard people who move to Europe or spend a lot of time in Europe and come back say things like that but it's just such a foreign concept to Americans Mike you're not allowed to leave the country so how do you land on this
2: well um, I did encounter a bidet fairly recently I was at a Super Bowl party at probably the worst casino um, downtown uh, in in their um, high roller suite because my friend is a is a high roller in vegas but it it was all the decor was straight out of the 1970s and there was a bidet in there but it was so low it was like a squatty potty bidet and i was like i felt like i was gonna fall on something and get impaled or something i just i looked at it i took a picture of it but uh, i lost my nerve in the sink
0: <laughs> you're supposed to sit on it we actually had to go to YouTube and watch a video on how to use it because we didn't know. So. Are you sure that was YouTube and not you porn? No, it was definitely YouTube. But yeah, we had to let you actually were supposed to sit on it. It's just a sink that you wash your butt in, basically. I have like a little thing of soap right next to mm. it and a little towel. Well, it was.
2: It was so low that I, you know, the sink was more comfortable for me to sit
0: in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and speaking of squatty potty, my dad got me and all of my siblings squatty potties for Christmas. He had to ship mine here. I tell you, it's worth it too. What
2: a thoughtful man!
0: I know he is really about gastrointestinal health, and um, it really like he traveled with it. He drove to Florida recently, and he like took pictures of it in his various motel rooms under the toilet, so he could show us all on Facebook that he was traveling with his squatty potty
1: you know i was worried when we started getting ready for this episode that you might be shy about the poop half of this show oh no (laughs) and you've you've proven me wrong completely i just like the mental picture of
2: your dad checking in at the hotel with a squatty potty tucked under his arm
0: (laughs) i'm sure that's how it went too he has no shame <laughs> right. And I'm sure he even explained to the receptionist what it is and why he travels with it and how she should look into it and how and he will probably go into anatomical detail of how it was beneficial. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. sure.
2: Right. Drop your, draw your dad's on ca- the back of the hotel. <laughs> your dad's card. a
1: career pitch man. I imagine that by the time he was done checking in, she was on Amazon ordering one. I, I should I should hope
0: so. <laughs> right. It's good for your health.
1: Nineteen dollars ninety. <laughs> Uh, Before we move on, I want to mention, so we had the Little Red Bandwagon meet up a few weeks ago when I was in Seattle, and we met at Optimism Brewing. And I think I may have mentioned this on the show, but Optimism Brewing is a new venue, a new brewery in place in Seattle, and it's extremely modern. The decor is somewhere between industrial and Ikea, and the bathroom situation is – it's a huge bathroom, and you walk in through these – like gigantic oversized double doors and you see a sink like a, like a public restroom sink with the sensors, but it's one of the big sinks that's round and there's like six stations at it. And then you realize you're not walking into a lobby for two bathrooms. You're walking into a hallway that just has individual stalls. It's a unisex bathroom. And there's a, there's a bunch of urinal stalls on one side and a bunch of toilet stalls on the other And each one has a full-size door, floor-to-ceiling walls, and you go in and you have your own private little booth. And so from a privacy perspective, it was awesome because, you know, it's not like being in some shitty public bathroom where the gap between the door and the frame is like an inch and a half wide and you can totally see everything that's going on, which one of my bathrooms at work is like, and it's horrible. I can't imagine why anyone ever thought that was a good idea. But on the other hand, there is that super awkwardness of coming out of your little stall and there just being some girl, like, standing right there hanging out. Uh, it's 2016. I'm a very modern guy. It didn't bother me, but it was a little awkward. I think it was awkward for everyone there.
2: Yeah, there's a restaurant here in Austin that has the same setup. Um, and it, it was kind of jarring the first time, but we've been there a few times now and it it seems more normal. Yeah, I think I'm
1: seeing more places where if they have two bathrooms, like single bathrooms, they're just first come first serve and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that at all. It was just something weird about the the shared like hand washing station and entering together and like being in very close quarters in a unisex bathroom because uh, the, the floors, the walls may have gone floor to ceiling, but they weren't exactly soundproof.
2: Right, and I'm and I'm definitely not as when there's women in the like the sink area or whatever. I'm not nearly as comfortable putting my foot up on the <laughs> sink and shaving my pubes. It really makes me feel a little bit ashamed.
1: And we have had a conversation about how you need to clean things up hair wise. Yeah, summer's coming yeah, in Texas.
0: That is the other thing that bidet is really good for is for trimming stuff. So that is another reason why you should get a bidet because it's a nice place you can sit that has like a drain or a place to catch things. And it's great for shaving. Sorry again that's too much information. but.
1: No,
2: no, I'm taking notes. I really want to sell the bidet to Americans. It has
0: so many good functions.
2: Hey, I'm bidet curious.
1: (laughs) That was funny. Don't don't encourage him. Let's move on to uh, a (laughs) different kind of awkward. Uh, Luke tells about buying uh, a surprise gas fireplace for Carrie, who is constantly cold and how surprise gifts are terrible. A, because Carrie doesn't like them and B, because you have to do so much lying for something that big to happen and have it be a surprise. Um, I think, Sam and I surprise each other with little things, but you've reached the point where like, we have a joint checking account. So if you wanna buy something big, mm-hmm. it's gonna be super awkward if you try to surprise someone.
0: I actually, for Christmas, this is a little racy. For Christmas, I did do a surprise present for my husband, but it wasn't like expense that was the the awkward part. It was the logistics. So I wanted to actually um, like, Give him some like racy photos, but I didn't want it to just be like a text because I do that all the time. So I wanted it to be something special where you actually like print it out and put it in a frame. Um, but I didn't want it to just be a selfie because that's lame. So I had this whole and so we go home for Christmas and I'm going to have like my sisters help me do it and um it was a pain because when we go home adam does everything with me he doesn't like because it's my family not his and um so i'm like oh you just need to stay here by yourself while i go hang out with my sister so i had to like come up with a whole ditching him scheme and then we had to run around to get the, the the photos printed and then of course i give them to him on christmas day and i'm so excited that i don't think about it and he just opens it in front of the whole family but luckily i don't think oh no like yeah, no. it's not like he opened it in such a way that, like, my dad saw, but, like, my sisters knew about it, like, my nieces knew about it, so they were kind of, like, smirking as he opened it, just like, okay, all right, thanks, but he didn't, like, have the reaction I-, I wanted, because I wanted him to be excited, because he's in front of the whole family, he just had to, like, kind of be like, all right, right. okay, thanks, hmm so, so I'm not good at surprises, because apparently I don't plan well.
1: We just walked into something I wasn't expecting, just between us girls. How racy are we talking? Um,
0: like I had like a cute little get up, but there was definitely like boobies and nipples, but like I had bottoms on.
1: So we're talking, that's, that's a rated R movie these days. You can get some.
0: Yeah. And I had to go to Walgreens. Walgreens. I had to go to, to print them out. So I just told the lady, I'm like a little bit naughty. And she's like, it's okay. I'll just won't wear my glasses when I print them out. And I was like, Okay. <laughs>
1: uh all right let's get on to the meat of of what we were talking about here surprises actually transitioned on the show into brent telling of his parents thoroughly fucking with him he wanted a go-kart and his parents told him not to look in the garage for like a week and then psyched him out and did not get him a go-kart that's
2: awful (laughs) i I think they're on pretty shaky ground there that's pretty mean
1: yeah yeah it's pretty terrible, Uh but it led to some conversations about things like go-karts, and uh I think I might be paraphrasing slightly here, but it is Andrew who said he had no friends, no self-confidence, no ability to talk to girls, but he had a Honda 50, a go-kart, a golf cart, and a dune buggy, to which Brent said he is Ricky Schroeder with a beard. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, his dad, Andrew's dad, I've said this before, his dad was a dude, bro. Big time. Andrew fell pretty far from that tree, but he did get get to enjoy those dude bro trappings, albeit without friends.
1: <clears throat> That's okay. Then you just don't have to take turns with all that shit.
2: I guess so. I guess so. And you can have a vivid, vivid imagination. Like I used to ride my bike around, pretend I was racing against people when I didn't have anyone to play with. So, you know, he was doing it on much cooler devices. <sighs>
0: But what I like about it is that he wasn't racing anybody. He was specifically going fast just to impress a girl. Yeah. <laughs> to impress,
2: to impress people that didn't exist. Um, back to my bike. Uh, when I was, I think I was in fourth grade when I fell in love with this girl named June Constantine, who sat at my table. Um, there were all kinds of pretty blonde girls in my school because you know Scandinavian upbringing in the Northwest is kind of standard. But June Constantine was this dark haired girl with dark eyes. And of course, I fell in love with her and she lived probably half a mile down the street from me. And I would just ride. I had three crappy bikes, um, all hand-me-down bikes, and I would ride each one of them past her house at least 10 times a day. Um, I don't know what my plan was. I don't know if she ever even looked out. And if she did, like, who the hell is this kid and what is he doing? Uh, but, yeah, I was trying to impress her it wasn 't like I was standing on the seat or going no hands or whatever but i don 't know when you're when you 're that age what is it eleven you don 't have a plan you just want you want to have a girlfriend, but you don't you can 't talk to her and you you don 't know how you you have nothing specific to put into play to make her your girlfriend and she never did
1: come i 'm just impressed that you 've always been creepy thanks i 'm consistent. <laughs> because there's something just you know mildly stalkerish about that but you're right i mean uh no cell phones no facebook how do you i mean this is like going to the neighbor kid's house and asking if they can come out and play but you don't want to ask you just want to be noticed so to be noticed you got to be in the frame (laughs) so to be in the frame you just keep riding your bike past the house i get it yeah i'm sure i did the same thing I used to ride around the neighborhood because we have a little loop that I grew up in over and over and over again.
2: I thought that she would be impressed that I had three bikes, but then, you know, thinking back of what those bikes look like, yikes.
1: So three bikes of moderate quality, still not as nearly as impressive as a bidet. I'm just working on the <laughs> the offerings of this podcast. Well, oh, if I'd
2: had a bidet, she would have come right over to my house, I'm sure. She'd do a little <laughs> cleanup. Oh, wait a minute. There was probably no grass <laughs> oh, on the engine.
1: This is turn it into takedown podcast really quickly. Uh, I feel yes, like I is. started Sorry. it. Sorry.
2: Uh, Sorry, Aiden. This, Will, this is another one we can't let Aiden uh,
1: listen Luke to. Luke also shares some embarrassment from his childhood. Uh, he recalls a time going to visit his friend, Peter Williams, who comes up on the show, enough to be on the bingo board. Uh, and his sister answering the door and yelling back to Peter, it's the friend you don't really like. <laughs>
2: What a super cut.
1: I don't think anyone else noticed that, Mike. You really got to try. I
5: noticed it.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, the The fantasy for Andrew, I thought was interesting because they they goed him into it, but he does say that they weren't hollering at him. <laughs> Hollering—that's
0: my favorite. Well, the fantasy aspect of it is is what really I really loved because I was just like that. Like I was you know, really socially awkward, very, very, I I still have a lot of social anxiety, but it was even worse back then. And I would do that. I would have like, cause I rode horses. I didn't have a Zoom buggy or whatever, but I rode horses and like I you know I, I would jump over things, which I think was pretty impressive. And I would have like these elaborate fantasies about like the boys I liked at school, or even just like snobby popular girls at school, like seeing how awesome I am when I ride my horses. And like that so that just really struck me. I I had like really crazy, elaborate fantasies and dance routines with horses that like, I don't know, that are probably, probably couldn't actually be executed. Like, like I had one where, oh, I was at my middle school in the auditorium and I, I came out on my horse and did this whole dance routine to that, like, stupid, I want to be rich song. I, I don't know. So it was just like, it's so embarrassing that like I had these fantasies and I still have fantasies like that too. And I don't know. It was just awesome to hear them talk about it. And then to hear Luke say too, that he still goes to bed at night, like with his hero fantasies daydreaming about, you know, kicking the shit out of somebody.
2: <laughs> he was really stuck on one particular guy. At that point, right? It was uh, some guy at some bar that he went to f- frequently. Oh,
0: I, mean, I think it was a guy he yes. got in a at a fight with at some point that he headbutted or something.
1: Right. <laughs> you're gonna have to be more specific.
0: <laughs> I like that
1: in your fantasy, as long as the terrorists are laying down in ten yard intervals, you've got this covered. Because <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna gallop and you're gonna jump over each one of them exactly. and just. dazzle them into submission with your horse dancing
2: well that's the way action movies used to always lay out is like there would be the villain the the hero would be facing um like 15 different guys but they would all do the courtesy of coming at him one at a time like in the old like um bruce lee movies or whatever it's like well if everyone just jumped him right now he they'd get him but they keep coming at him one at a time and he's able to dispatch each one of them so that's kind of the way it was laid out. I can see where where that fantasy comes from.
1: Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Oh yeah. I I always had a dream of saving the day, but I don't remember any of the specifics and I didn't have an Elizabeth Carroll. I didn't have one mm-hmm. girl or uh a, a June Constantine. I didn't have one girl. It was it was always someone different. It was whoever was, you know, probably geographically convenient. Or whatever the cutest girl to live within a one mile radius sure. um and I was of course extremely awkward as I think we all were I mean, I don't know i i didn't well I have my i I met my high school sweetheart when I was fifteen, and we dated for a few years, but before that i I had no no game of which to speak, and uh I can't imagine. This is just the part where I'm depressing. We can move on. <laughs>
2: Bobby, Bobby. It's not like it's not like a lot of kids had game, and even the ones that had quote unquote game or thought they had it, they really didn't have it. So don't don't well, right. feel, like, Especially you, don't I feel up, like you missed out.
1: I grew up in it, you know, the suburbs. It's not like it's we're pretty boring through and mm-hmm. through.
0: Try growing up in Brant, New York.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you picked this episode. The insight on the childhood for both of our guys. It's really something. And again, the same reason I picked it for the clip show. All in all, it's an extremely endearing episode for Andrew. I agree. Same reason
2: you stole it. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Stole it. Son of a bitch. I can't believe I agreed to let you on the show after this. I should have just pretended to never have.
2: Just sweep it under the rug. Unfriend, unfollow. You know
0: what's crazy is as he was introducing his clip, I'm in my cleaning and, and Bobby's on that the Andrew episode saying, oh, this is, you know, this is the clip I picked. I was like, before you even really give any details, I just, I actually <laughs> said out loud to my phone, that fucker's going to use my clip. And when you, I, I heard my clip, I was like, so, I was enraged. I was like, and I know that it was completely unfounded and totally irrational. <laughs> I was like yelling at him. I even, I think, texted my husband like, can this fucker Bobby Payne, stole my episode. Was like... <laughs> I like totally had a rationally angry reaction. And so I totally Mm -hmm. forgive you because that was like crazy of me to be mad at you. (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: I appreciate that (laughs) though. It it doesn't quite sound like you're over it.
0: Um, No.
1: (laughs) I think it's time for us to do a little housekeeping and uh, to get on out of here. (laughs) Uh, Since Christy's not here. uh, We'll just say. Uh, Keep on archiving. Well,
2: let me say this. Uh, Phyllis inspired a lot of action with her pitch last week. Several new people have volunteered to archive, including yours truly, who uh, I'm doing, I think, the current week. Ah. So I'll be the first one to do a current week. But but (laughs) honestly, it won't be current by the time I do it because I'm probably going to (laughs) suck at it.
1: You're proud of yourself, aren't you?
2: I'm proud of myself for signing up. That was that was huge. I just said yes. <laughs> I haven't done anything. Uh,
1: Elizabeth, I know you just recently went through some technical issues at home, but you're also uh, a a wagoneer archivist.
0: Yeah, I think I have. I think I might be on my sixth week, possibly my seventh, but I think it's my sixth week. And I listened. I finished listening to them weeks and weeks ago, oh, thank- but I spilled tea on my on my laptop. <sighs> And they're still fixing it. I'm using the crappy laptop now that I just got working again. So it's been really depressing. So I will have my weeks entered in very soon. I promise. Please don't be mad, Christy.
1: We'll let, we'll let oh, Christy I emailed know. Her She'll
0: be, be glad her. to hear it. I emailed her to let her service. know that I knew that I was sitting on them for way too long. Because I know how anxious she gets when people don't turn their weeks in. So I let her know it was coming.
1: She, If it weren't for Christy, we would be a disorganized mess I don't know, I, Little Red Bandwagon just couldn't I don't know, she keeps us in line true. She's she's Very away true. you know, right now and the mice will play, but she's going to come back and clean it all up after And We love you for it, Christy uh, yep. Stickers are still available as always, you can order them at LittleRedBandwagon.com and in fact, I'll tell you how you can get involved That website is the place to do it, LittleRedBandwagon.com We're also on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon and in the Stens page Sometimes when you can find it if it's not buried under concern over Andrew's cat, warranted concern. Hopefully by the time this posts, we'll have resolution there. Uh, on Twitter, Mike, you're at Drew McFrizz. I'm at RL Pape. Christie's at Kissy Eyes, K-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. The new Mr. Jeremy Wise is at Dadstronaut. Our co-hosts Meredith and Anne. Meredith's at Meredith underscore Mahan. No why and filling in for us these weeks, Anne Lundholm is not on Twitter, but make sure you go friend her on Facebook. Find Anne Lundholm. I think we're gonna have a hundred percent friend growth for her soon. And uh, Elizabeth, where do we find you?
0: I am not on the Twitter. I think I actually have a Twitter account, but I I just can't get into it. But Um, I'm on Facebook, and I I used to have a hundred friend limit, but I've given up on it. And so I usually, I pretty much you know accept friend requests from anybody now. Well, not anybody. Like if I see that you're like on the sense page and stuff, I would accept it. Um,
1: But I have a question: Are you the clicker? Are you the bouncer at a nightclub? Like somebody dies or unfriends you, and you let somebody else in? Yeah. Is
2: there a fire code? Why is it? Well, I just
0: picked a number because I didn't want it to get too full and just full of like fucking people I didn't care about um it's full of fucking people I don't care about now because I think about that like 239 but I just wanted to pick a number so I picked 100 and the problem is, is my family's too goddamn big because my rule was I wouldn't unfriend family but mm-hmm. I, I would get to like 120 and I would post that like sorry everybody but a culling's coming I gotta get rid of 20 of you <laughs> like people be like please don't unfriend me man I was like, as long as it's like people interact with me or they post stuff and they somehow contribute to my Facebook experience. Like I keep them, but every once in a while I'll go through and be like, mm-hmm. who the fuck are you? Like, and I'll unfriend them just because they don't contribute to my community at all. So why have them cluttering up my list? So.
2: Bobby, what, don't you do the birthday thing where you see it, the birthdays come up and you're like, I don't even know who that is. And then I you do. cut them. That's a good way to do it.
0: Uh, but you know who you should follow on Facebook, if I could just make a plug, is my sister, Margaret Arshetta, who just wrote a book and self-published it. If I could go ahead and plug her, called Sir Duffy's Promise, the Alchemist Theorem, Sir Duffy's Promise, which you can get on Amazon, the Seattle Book Club, and Barnes & Noble. Just want to go ahead and plug my sister's book. Thank you.
1: I like that you threatened to do that earlier, and then I completely missed it when you did it. Now there it is. So yeah, <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs>
2: Friend request sent. <laughs> uh,
1: the show, the show. Twitter is LRB podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail dot com, and here is our voicemail number.
0: Yo, this is Wagoneer Lauren.
4: Word on the street is the LRB isn't getting many voicemails, and it's probably because their number doesn't have a catchy jingle. So I wrote a rap about it.
0: Well my name is Lauren and I'm here to say the LRB needs your calls in a major way. You've got Meredith and Bobby and Mike Frizzell and while Christy's on sabbatical there's Anne as well. They're all patiently waiting for the phone to ring with your episode submissions. It don't cost a thing. Just dial 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-TBTL. 802-432-T-B-T-L five's the last four digits if you dummies can't spell. Peace!
1: And with that, Mike, when's the last time we did this you and me? I don't remember how the order of the outros goes.
2: I guess I do a little light giggling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Until then, this is the next party. Does this mean I'm you? Never wait for cake. And uh, we love you, Jen. And uh, congratulations, Christy and Jeremy. Yes, you did.
2: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> it is so show, guys. fucking hot under this goddamn blanket for it. Like, I have underboob sweat going on. It's so bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Me too.